from Alaska Public Media, this is State of Art. Welcome to the weekend and to State of Art, your weekly dose of Anchorage Arts and Culture. I'm Ammon Swenson. Coming up, I speak with artist Linda Lucky. Her show at the International Gallery of Contemporary Art is called Loose Ends. She'll be turning 80 later this month, and the show is a celebration of milestones and unrestrained imagination. She moved up here from Long Island 20 years ago after decades as an art teacher. I thought this is an opportunity of a lifetime while I'm here. You could be anything you want up here. You always wanted to be an actor? They're dying for you to get on the stage. <laughs> You know, you don't have to play Broadway. Enjoy a very full creative life right here. All the arms are open to embrace creative minds, creative people. So uh, I'm in my perfect place because this is the most eccentric place I've ever lived in. Crazy light, crazy everything. But I didn't know I was so eccentric and I fit. I'm like a good fit. Well, I see right. that, you know, you're turning 80 September 23rd. Is that correct? Yes, in two weeks. A happy so. birthday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I always love celebrating. Drag it out. Have fun. Yeah. Well, your yeah. show at IGCA is called Loose Ends, and it looks like it's described, you know, as a celebration of milestones. And 80 is obviously a pretty significant milestone. And, you know, with that right around the corner you know, uh, leading into this show or maybe hitting some major milestones. Has that influenced your recent creative output? Well, it was a motivation. I said, boy, there's so And I always like to celebrate anyway. And I said, wow, 20 years here, 80 years old. Are you kidding me? You got to have some fun with this. And so I was very, very lucky that the international had the confidence in me that I could pull off a show in four spaces. Four. There's a big big thing. I'll never do another like this again because it's way big, but it's successful. I'm thrilled I did it. And um, you get better, you know, when you do something over and over, you, you just get better at it. So I really got, I acquired some more skill and um, I had joyfulness making the whole thing. And it took three months. I got the gig winter solstice in 21 and then I went to my friend's winter solstice party and I made the announcement to all my buddies. And I said, look, I've got the gig, the whole joint. I'm expecting support from my friends, and, you know, whether emotional support, whatever. And they said, we're in, we're in, we're thrilled for you. Good, go for it. And so I, three months I planned, I thought, you have to think things through. You just don't make art and throw it up on the wall. Everything has to be related to something else. There's to be a reason in my view. So three months to plan it and then six months to do it, nine months. I mean, is there also kind of maybe a maturity component to that that maybe makes you a little bit more confident in putting your work out there with, you know, with the kind of purpose that you're trying to achieve and maybe not quite second guessing yourself as much as maybe if you were just starting out? Yeah, uh, definitely. You have a lot of experience. And look at all those years of inspiring kids to, you know, get in touch with their, always keep true to their, who they were. Trust your instincts, trust who you are. Because yeah. my mentor said, what are you going to give people, those kids, those they never have art again? What would you do as an art teacher in your class if they never had art again? What do you think is the most thing you can pass on to the kids? And I decided in keeping with good old Albert Einstein, that imagination is more important than mm. knowledge. It was a cornerstone idea. So I was a fitness instructor 
for the imagination. I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I set up challenges all the time to keep that imagination wet and, and you know, fluid and, and strong. Yeah, imagination. That's going to solve the cure for AIDS or for anything. It's always imagination. So that's what I give. Yeah. I know what I gave all those years. I was a fitness instructor for that. I love that idea. And I mean, I feel like you've probably benefited from practicing that in your own life. It's just keeping that Absolutely. creative muscle just strengthened. Absolutely. and Yeah. Well, I want to talk about a, the some stuff in the show itself. So, I mean, there was a particular piece that stuck out to me. You might kind of know the one I'm talking about, but it is a self-portrait of you wearing nothing but a sheer scarf and a hat that says art slut. Oh, my nude. My yeah. famous nude. And you were inspired oh. by another artist who did a similar thing. Can you tell me about that painting and maybe some of the inspiration? I think it might be oh, my personal yes. favorite. Well, Alice Neal is the painter who inspired me. She is a, pa she, a, a people painter. She even had, there are many books on her, and one of them is called Not Sitting Pretty. Did all kinds of people, could be somebody with TB laying in a hospital bed, or it would be somebody, all kinds of people of different colors, all of that. She was magnificent. And um, I love how she kept this light lavender blue line around, whether she was a leg of a table, a piece of fruit, or an arm of a person. She always had that line that she kept to hold the form. And so I was crazy about her stuff because I, I love to paint people. And so I noticed she was born in 1900. She, at 1980, she was 80 years old, she painted herself in the nude. And I thought, this is what I saw. You know, I was just in my 40s looking at this picture. And I said, wow, this is pretty, pretty wonderful, courageous of her just sitting there. You know, she's got her little paintbrush, a little rag in one hand. She's totally naked, <laughs> even more so than me, because she had nips and I didn't put in nips. I said, no, not necessary. They'll see plenty of skin. You know? And so you'll actually see more skin on a beach than you would on me. But you do see I'm I'm sitting there naked with this ethereal see-through scarf, but it just covers in the right spots, you know. And so, and I thought that was one of the most important paintings I was going to do for the show. Because I had to, I had to meet the challenge, the Alice Neal challenge. Can you paint your butt nude <laughs> at 80? And so I did. And it came out, and people said it is perfect. Because it's not, it's not racy. It's not pornographic. It's just perfect. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's a very good kind of indicator of who you are and kind of where you're at in your life now. Kind of like some of the stuff that we were talking about with, you know, maybe really putting yourself out there, some of the kind of exercising some more creative muscles, and maybe just having the confidence to be like, yes, this is me. This is it. Right. <laughs> it's do or die. You know, when you're 80, you got to stand up for the things that you maybe have been avoiding. So that's why it's loose ends. I never painted death ever. And I drew, I drew at once a little bird that had just fallen out of the nest. It's the sweetest little drawing and it's in the show, but I never painted death. You know, you know, when I think of Goya and May 8th and people getting shot and dead birds, dead everything I've seen in beautiful paintings. I said, but where's yours? I said, I have to deal with this. So my girlfriend happened to have just died and her daughter sent me the picture of her father who was divorced from his mother for many years, but they stayed a connection. He comes running to the hospital 
in 10 minutes. And he's there with his hand. Do you see, the, did you know the death picture? The with clutching the face. Around. Yes, yes. And I wrote that I was sure her cheek was covered with his tears. You know, it was a very lovely, lovely. I painted it as best I could. It deserved the very best attention. And, you know, a really good quality painting. And I found the most glorious, exquisite gold frame for it too. And it sold. Nobody was very interested, kept staring at it, and she bought it. Wow. And the daughter said it was too sad on too many levels, but she said it is so beautiful. With four exclamation points, it is so beautiful. But someone else purchased it. But I'm so proud that I was able to take death and be able to show it in, in that way. Well, let's kind of talk about the variety of the work. I was actually kind of surprised about just how much uh, variety there was, you know, scanning through yes. some sculpture, various styles of painting, maybe some kind of sketches, mm -hmm. some kind of collage type stuff, uh, lampshades mm -hmm. as well. Um, you seem mm -hmm. to be just, I mean, obviously you're just exploding with creativity, but can you maybe talk about the diversity of your work and maybe what makes you whip up some paper mache versus grabbing the brushes? Well, I, I like to do both. But paper mache, I think is an, I use it, I heard another artist who was a teacher retired and she was talking about a piece she made one night at a member show at the international. And she says, and I bought that piece. She says, I use a lot of cardboard as an homage to all my students who I taught over the years. Right. And I use paper mache, I'm sure as a throwback and an homage to the joyous times I had working with kids mm. and they love paper mache because he could make it big and it's lightweight. You can puncture it, paint it, glue on it, do anything you want with paper mache. And so I stick with it because it's fun and it's also an homage to them, to the kids. Yeah. And so kids will paint on anything as a canvas. And so I decided to get a whole bunch of white lampshades and then just do paintings on them. Yeah. Yeah. There would be so much fun. And a couple of them have sold um, and they've, they've gone over big before when I had a different show in the in the guest room in the back but i've never been in front before so i have a i have a friend artist who moved away but she said lucky this is your time now you get out of the back room it's time to go in the front <laughs> so I, I went in the front in a big way yeah you did so, <laughs> right but yeah i like variety so i'm never i'd be bored just doing one thing all the time oh i can I think see maybe that it comes from teaching maybe it comes from knowing that i had to do all that variety for them because I had to learn everything about the art process, materials, everything. Yeah, you know? totally. Probably that's where it comes from. Yeah, that's so cool. I love the kind of that you're still kind of keep the connection between your teaching days and kind of inspiring the next generation of artists and incorporating that into your own work, even though, yeah, you've been doing this for a while. And yeah, I just love that idea of kind of maintaining some of the roots of teaching and spreading the good word about, you know, creativity. There's even a handout, how to have an art room at home. I was really into getting these parents to please support your kids' love of art. Buy art supplies, whatever. Find a little corner, get a box, put it all in there. You know what I mean? Very important. Yeah, Very totally. Important. Would this show maybe look the same if you had done it 10, 20 years earlier? It wouldn't be as, um, I don't think it would be as skillful. Because, of, you know, you get better as you get older and long as you're working, not if you're doing nothing, but if you, you can just age and become ridiculous. <laughs> so you you have to keep up your, 
you know, drawing, painting, whatever it is. So I don't think it would have been, I, I don't know, it may have been delightful in another way, maybe stronger in some ways, who knows. But I think I pulled out all the stops for this. I only have like a f- couple more questions for you, but maybe let's kind of talk about maybe like the next generation a little bit. You know, what What can parents do from like your perspective as, you know, a creative, an artist and a teacher? What can parents do to kind of instill some of that growing that creative muscle and instilling like imagination in their kids? Well, I think it's not what we say so much, it's the it's what we do. And I think if kids see that their parents go out of their way to support, go to a play, go to the pack and support symphonies, go to Arctic entries, they do all those storytelling. Yeah. I've done two of those there, by the way. And they really should have a place in their home where kids can go and have their own supplies and a little space, a, a little table. I, I give a, a Raven drawing every year to the KMBA when they do, they do a fundraiser, an art fundraiser, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. This one woman one year, she buys this baby Raven that I did, one of my favorite raven drawings so sweet it's got a little feet and it's sticking into like a little cheeto and it's got cheeto schmutz on its little baby beak and it is the cutest and it's not sentimental it's strictly reality this is what they do the woman bought it for her eight-year-old do you know that that and it was in a it was in a mat and in a frame that kid will cherish that forever i will tell she will take that with her. She leaves home. She will have that. That's what's interesting. When your kid grows up with a piece of something, it could be something that hung on their crib that they connect with or art on the wall. So I really think buying art for kids is great. Something that they can relate to, you know? So Baby Raven, who couldn't relate? That was my conversation with artist Linda Lucky. Her show Loose Ends will be at the International Gallery of Contemporary Art until September 23rd, her 80th birthday. And that's all the time we have for you today. For links and more content, you can head to the State of Art page on alaskapublic.org. I'm Ammon Swenson. Thanks for listening. State of Art is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. The views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not reflect KSKA or its underwriters. Theme music is Spring Breakup by Termination Dust. Get in touch with the host by sending an email to soa at alaskapublic.org.